1: Welcome back, everybody, right here. Hour number two of the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. And fundamentally, we put the fun and functional sports content. Kevin Walsh is now going to be a punter oh, yeah. scout, everybody, because we yes, were talking about this. Talking about fun and functional sports content. I went to Syracuse, and I'm like, maybe you want to punt in a dome. Where it's like climate controlled, right? And Kevin is literally pulling the five-star punters to find out where they're going. But I digress. We have way too much to discuss on a jam-packed hour number two. So we turn our attention to the NFL, Kev, right? And, you know, there's been some buzz out there. You know, we've talked about Deshaun Watson as someone who may, you know, demand the trade, who it may be possible. And we've always talked about Miami, Miami. There are even reports about Tua, that number three pick and stuff. But listen, Miami's not the only team, and I don't blame them. If Deshaun Watson was, you know, gettable, I'd want to get it too. And it sounds like maybe the Denver Broncos would also be intrigued. Kev, do you think this hold any water? You know, Denver's been— Ah, struggling at the quarterback position. You know, I have said I don't necessarily think Lock is the answer for the long-term franchise, but, you know, Denver may be involved. You hear about Miami. Uh, what do you think? Uh, is this viable? Smoke? Fire?
2: Yeah, it's viable. Again, do you, I mean, if we really s- sat here and went through all 32, I don't think it's an, ag- an exaggeration to say 50% of the league would take a legitimate hard look at Deshaun Watson, and because again, he's if he's one of the top five quarterbacks, just because he's a top five quarterback, it right. doesn't. Certain teams are going to stick with what they've sure. got, right? But there's age like the involved The Browns too. aren't going to, yeah, right. But like, but the Browns wouldn't move off of Baker for Watson because sure. you have to no, give up assets, and contracts. Right, right, right. It doesn't make any sense, right? But uh, like, you go through. Just take the AFC East for example. The Bills are the only team, Buffalo. That's it. That won't be mentioned in this conversation Correct. because. Yeah. The Dolphins and the Jets have already been mentioned in the conversation, and the Pats have been linked to Deshaun Watson for like two years now. <laughs> that's three out of the four teams in the division. You bring up the Broncos, right? I'm sure the Raiders will probably like Gruden finding a new quarterback. I'm sure he wouldn't mind the call. Yeah. Chargers and Chiefs are settled. I mean, like, yeah, I think you're right. That's already five teams in the AFC. Like yeah. the, the list will be long. And we talked in hour number one about the other, gosh, what a time to be a Houston sports fan, uh, the lack of leverage that exists for right. James for Harden and his situation, yep. right? Well, you can think the Texans don't have leverage. That's yep. until they say, yeah, we'll listen to calls. I mean, we're talking about double-digit teams competing to get the oh, Sean yeah. Watson. The Hall would be, I mean, Oh,
1: yeah. Herschel Walker. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I will say this, though. Another thing we're hearing out of Houston as it relates to some of the kind of coach interviews is that Finally, uh, they are setting up an interview with Chiefs coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I know this is someone you have been backing for a long time. What I wonder, Kev, is if this interview gets consummated, if they go down the path with him, do you think that changes Deshaun Watson's feelings at all, uh, potentially having Bieniemy in? It almost feels, though, and we don't know what's behind the curtain, but it almost feels to me like Houston Texans' leadership almost, like, acquiesced and surrendered and was like, all right, we'll interview BNME, you know? Um, so what do you think about BNME now? You know, getting an interview with the Texans, does that um, impact the Desaun Watson situation?
2: I'm sure it, it helps. It certainly, I don't think, could make things worse. But I will say, uh, the other day, Twitter found itself a buzz as some of the, you know, more famous Houston Texan players uh, took to Twitter. uh, And this all started with Andre Johnson saying, if I'm Watson, I'll stand my ground. The Texans organization is known Mm. for wasting players' careers. And there's a couple of other things he said in the tweet. Uh, then mm. Arian Foster said, I don't keep up much with the league, so I don't know who this guy is that John uh, Andre's talking about, not Watson, but someone that he named in the tweet. Uh, but he Good. goes, I know my brother, and for him to get this out of pocket means there's got to be, you mm. can't say that word, uh, right, but right, basically, right. like, there's some smoke where there's fire. And then even Hopkins was like, always listen to Dre. So yeah, not so this great. Is real.
1: Not, no, this is real.
2: Not great when the Texans' ring of honor basically is like, Leave immediately. Like no, I mean th- and there was that clip that went viral of JJ Watt, quickly I'll say, and and Watson walking off the field and JJ Watt profusely apologizing, like we wasted one of your seasons. Like we yeah. like this is horrible. That this is what we are. Like you're way too good for this to be our record.
1: Yeah, I do want to welcome in our radio audience from around the country, from around the globe. Big shout out to all of our affiliates, including Sirius XM, Channel 204, Dane Martinez, and Kevin Walsh. The enemy not the only coaching news we are seeing. We are seeing candidates start to trickle in, start to have interviews, start to have second interviews even, Kev. Out there in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, you now have a vacancy. It seems like former quarterback, Mike Kafka, who's also part of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> is out there for my Jets. What's intriguing, Robert Salah had his second interview. They also are going to interview former Jet cornerback Aaron Glenn, who's on the coaching staff of the New Orleans Saints. And I think this is interesting because Salah and Glenn are both defensive coaches. I thought the whole thing was to see if you could do this with Sam Darnold and boost up this embarrassing offense, Kev.
2: I mean, you you toss it to me, but boomerang, don't toss it to me. It's the Jets. I mean, Salah's the favorite to go to the Jets. What are we doing?
1: What are the thoughts? Oh, I what are the agree. vibes? I, I, I believe in 2021, you need your head coach to be the offensive guy. I, 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 I think you need to be the offensive mind in this day and age. Uh, I think those guys could be great coordinators and great assets. But my head coach, I want to be on the offensive side of the ball. We look at this weekend's matchups when we come back. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to The Early Line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, here as well. Big shout-out to everybody, especially those new audience listening here on SiriusXM channel 204. Kev, at this part of the week, what we like to do is look ahead to the NFL, to the NFL games. and We we talk about getting it early, right? Because as these lines move, sometimes you want to be on the good side of the number. I know you like to wait, Kev, because of so much uncertainty and line movement and get it like, you know, at like noon on Saturday or Sunday, whatever the case may be. But let's look at some of these games and see if there are some early opportunities that you are interested in. The first one I want to bring up is Saints Bucks. I know that's going to be on Sunday, but the reason I bring this up is because, you know, the title of our uh, segment here usually is Watch for the Hook, and I think that the hook is in play here right didn't this open at three and a half it's fallen to three talk to me as we see saints and bucks the hook is in play here the total i believe we've also jumped up in this one as well like a full like four or five points on this one this started at around 50 i saw it 51 yesterday it's up to 56 now so uh talk to me about this one uh because also i i think our graphic may be incorrect it says here 10 points it's really right around three
2: yeah, so so Saints bucks. There could be a situation there where Chiefs. Some of the Chiefs Browns numbers are getting involved there. Uh, Saints yeah. bucks right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. book. Uh, Saints are laying that three, and the total sits there at fifty-one uh, and a half. And as far as that three, that three and a half, trying to figure out uh, how valuable the hook is. It, it clearly was valuable to the early better, because that was is where right. we were, and it was quickly gobbled up. And we haven't seen it come back since. Uh, that minus three does sit at minus one fifteen. So. I think it is more likely that three and a half returns than we go down to two and a half. That seems to be uh, the way that mm-hmm. this number is kind of being touched. And I think Dane, with how quick three and a half left, right. it's almost a situation where if you wanted to back the bucks, right? Because again, I don't, I don't think that the two and a half is going to show up. You okay. can just kind of wait it out see it but if you do see three and a half don't be like okay cool it's three and a half i'll catch you, you probably want right. to hit it then right conversely if you're on the saints here you might want this three now just in case that hook were to reappear Comes back.
1: if you were a Saints right. backer all right so it sounds like if you're on the new orleans side you might take it now if you're on tampa you may wait and hope that the hook comes back yeah. there's another game that is moving right around one of those key numbers kev and it's the green bay packers it's the first game of the week uh weekend where the green bay packers are hosting a banged up rams team i saw this start at seven it is now six and a half okay so that means that money is coming in on the rams even though they're beat up do you think maybe people are anticipating the availability of Goff, donald acres cup who all look like yeah. they are actually going to go but this one was seven is now six and a half. Do you feel the same way? Like, if you want to back Green Bay, go and get it now yeah. before the seven comes back.
2: Well, here's the thing, though, Dane, right? So, if I would have told you that this line was going to move in a certain direction early, I feel like it would have moved against the Rams because they have this uncertainty right. around of the injury. and Donald and Akers. The fact that it went the other way, I don't really know if I were a Green Bay better, I would worry too much about the seven coming back again that was clearly a number that was you know those that are pro rams that they, they took quick and, and they quickly pushed it off of that key number and if donald and acres and goff and everybody's confirmed 100 as and i'm surprised by this but just gotta you know go off what we've seen it seems like it might go the other way it really it really does right and then if you're a rams backer do you really need six and a half? I mean, if it goes down the five and a half, look, right, you right, want right. every point you can. But if I'm a Rams backer, I'd rather roll the the dice that a seven shows up here. I don't know if there is a an angle or
1: one of these two sides where you need to be touching this number right now. Listen, I do believe if I'm if I'm with the Packers, I'd rather get it at six and a half than seven. I'll <laughs> tell you that right now. Well, I agree you know? with that. So but so we will see. Do you Could think it it's going to go you know, back the other way? unless we get negative news injury availability surprise this game is going to be about availability and injuries that could move the number and to that point maybe it's a guy like David Bakhtiari who you know because that offensive line being compromised going up against that Rams front and their top three in sacks and points and yards you know I'm trying to figure it out and that's the thing that comes up for me but if you're a Packers better I think you get it now before the seven appears talk to me about Baltimore and Buffalo this has had some Mm. movement as well it started around three i saw it go down all the way to i think one and a half it is settling in at two right now the total is also at 50 and a half has had some movement uh are you trying to get any sides totals of this now or do you want to wait uh to have what you want and movement hopefully to go in your direction yeah so we started with a
2: three and went down to One and a half. One and I- a half. I kind of think we're we're done here in terms of like watch for it going this direct like it the seems movement, like okay. we're going to we're going to st- I don't see any world we get back up to the 3. I don't know how we would get back up to the 3, right? And I don't know how much lower it's going to get than that. I mean, what's going to get to a pickem? Baltimore's right, not going to flip you. to a favorite. That would be I think it'll stay up. yeah. yeah so I think this is kind of where we are could it could go to one and a half maybe it gets to to two and a half and look you'd rather have two than two and a half or one you know what I mean like you'd rather have
1: what about that total total? 50 and a half like (sighs) could you want to get that number now because I can I I could see uh, people like this Buffalo offense, the steam on Josh Allen. We all know what the Baltimore Ravens can do, especially in their rushing attack. I, I oh, yeah. could see this total increasing. Maybe not as much as Saints Bucks did, right? But I could see this total going up. Do you want to take any pieces of the total now?
2: It could, it could, it could see its way going up. The interesting thing is, right now the juice is to the under by a the smallest margin possible of minus one twelve and i wonder as the weather is going to become an increasingly important narrative to this game yeah it's supposed if to be all of a sudden they're like hey snow 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 it's supposed to be nasty saturday do night do people back off the over could it actually be a spot where and i don't i don't disagree like i might probably would rather be on the over this game early thoughts we'll see we'll break it down more friday but i could actually see this being a spot where maybe you need the under now Because Mm. if the weather starts to pick up, because also we saw it last week in the Buffalo game against the Colts, that number was 51.5 for the majority of the week, and then it closed at 50.5. That was the difference between a winner and a loser, with that game finishing bang on 51.
1: All right. Fair enough. In the last game of the weekend, do I want to ask you about, you know, Brown's Chiefs. It stands at 10 right there on the key number. I think if anything, it yeah. may move to 10 and a half before nine and a half. What do you think if you wanted to get ahead? I mean, Friday is payday, yeah. right? And that's when a lot of people are going to start looking to put more money into these markets and move numbers. That's why we do it here early on the early line. Do you expect it to get 10 and a half or nine and a half? And how might you take advantage?
2: So this is going to sound weird, but I'll throw it out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think that the Packers-Rams game could influence the way this line moves at all? And I think you immediately know what I'm kind of getting at here, but how the team off the bye performs. Yeah, I hear you. Could people be influenced either direction? Because the 10 has just been sitting there. There, there's, It's minus 110 both ways. It's just been sat there. I'm just trying to figure out what gets this thing on the move. And I wonder if like, if the Packers obliterate the Rams. People go, see? Buys too valuable, back the Chiefs, right? Rams I don't hang, that keep it close to like, oh, yeah. I'm off that rest. I,
1: you I don't, don't, don't think really the books them, look it, at it, right? It. I don't think the books look to it, oh, but if like a force. lot of it's the public, the right, if a lot of the public <laughs> goes on that, I guess that is potentially the case. Remember, uh, the Browns are one of these teams that have dramatically struggled with COVID recently, and, you know, that's an hour-by-hour thing as well, right? Who knows about their coaches, their old linemen and stuff, that could clearly move the number. And remember, they will have to travel to Kansas City. We will continue to look at these numbers, at the movement. We got two days left in this week, right? So we will continue to monitor this. We'll have a big old football Friday, which breaks it down. Are you into any, like teasers with this money, with these numbers because like six and a half is a very interesting number for a teaser two is a very interesting number for a teaser that can get through sick uh, that can get through three and seven you know what i mean are you interested in or like any chalk money line parlays are you thinking about any exotics early on this week we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show uh to make you think about that when we come back golf is back cam stewart you know what i'm talking about Welcome back in everybody right here especially all of our affiliates big shout out for waking up bright and early getting the winning edge here on sports grid here with the early line I'm Dane Martinez the spitting statistician we got my main man Kevin Walsh burning the candle as well big shout out also to our newest affiliate Sirius XM channel 204 thanks for getting on the grid early with us you know Harris English is an interesting name guy who won last week I buy what our guy Rick is selling you know maybe he's a little bit of a relaxed play this week and the way the odds move they cut them in half it makes sense maybe that's not the value we will be bringing in our guy cam stewart to talk a little bit about the pga event this week and we're working to bring him in so when we have that we'll bring in on our guy cam but kev i was wondering what do you think about these teaser market as we look into divisional weekend yeah. because a lot of the spreads right now are you know exactly where you would want them to be if you wanted to tease, you know, uh, kind of little sports investing 101 with the teaser, you know, the best places where you can get through what we call the key numbers in football, right? And despite the fact that people can't even hit extra points anymore, for now, the key numbers are still three and seven, right? So that's why, Kev, when I look at this line for Baltimore and Buffalo, for example, right? And it's at two points. And if I wanted Baltimore at plus two, I could tease them six points, get them through three, get them through seven, and get Baltimore at plus eight. You know, sometimes teases are better than others because of the key numbers at play. And when I see a two Mm -hmm. beforehand with Washington and Tampa last week when I saw an eight or an eight and a half, like that is prime territory um, as opposed to just moving from one piece of no man's land to another, right? So talk to me about going through key numbers and teasers and the opportunity for that this weekend.
2: So think about last week. Every single dog covered on a teaser. And, in fact, the only two teams that didn't cover on a teaser, the two favorites that were upset. So the Seahawks. You uh, see Schottenheimer got fired? fired? And, oh yeah, boy, yeah, man. Sure that'll fix things. Uh, uh-huh. But the Seahawks and uh, the Steelers were the only two teams that didn't cover on a teaser. That makes sense. This is the playoffs, okay? Even if we feel like maybe we still are trying to figure these teams out the book's got them pretty figured out. Their numbers are going to be good. These games are going to be tight. Okay. And if you can add six or seven points, depending on, you know, if you're playing the six or seven point teaser, on top of their in very sharp numbers, you're gonna have a great edge. But one thing that you and I have talked a lot about, Dane, throughout the season when it comes to the teasers market, is trying to sidestep the obvious staring you in the face. There's no world this teaser loses there's only four options on the board or i guess i should say there's eight right but there's only four games on the board right what is my guess is everyone's teasing the packers down to a pick everybody's gonna tease the packers down to a pick so i'm immediately not doing that even though i think the packers are gonna win the game won't be doing that i also could see the chiefs down to three because i've Mm. heard this so many I, i i have one friend that i Mentally reference. I'll I'll never say his name, but I just he kind of like is like the perfect temperature of the public in my opinion. If I were uh, ever, if I, I need to know who the Johnny public Square. was, I would never look it up. Yeah, I would just text my guy. But I, but and I I would he would go. Yeah, I'm teasing the Chiefs down at three. I mean, I think they win the game by like 21. Like, so what do you mean right, I'm teasing right, this right. for, pal? It just bet like an alt number. Like that's that's significantly more worth your time. So I the one number that jumps out to me is yeah. Baltimore up yeah. to nine. On a seven right. point teaser. That's, so that's the one that really because I I definitely think seven. Buffalo can I definitely think Buffalo can win that game, but them winning it by over the touchdown, I, that game just feels tight to me. So whichever of those teams where I'm teasing it and getting more value, I, I could see that being, and our guy Cam always reference it, the four way teaser game. To me, yeah. I could
1: absolutely see
2: Buffalo and Baltimore be I, I just click here, 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 and everything comes where you need it to go.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I look at Tampa, New Orleans as well. If that goes to like two and a half, right, then give me the Bucks teased up to eight and a half, something like that. The other, the key here is the opportunity to cross over what we call the key numbers of three and seven. Kev, do you do this also with totals? Do you do this with totals? Because like there are some, there are some familiar yeah. numbers, right? Things like on the zero, the one, the four, the seven, right? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Would you do that when it comes to a total? Like, so, You know, for instance, I see Baltimore Buffalo also at 50 and a half, right? Do you want to move that Mm -hmm. down to 44, up to 56, that sort of thing? uh, Or do you not necessarily play that game with totals? So I'll tell a quick story. When I first started
2: uh, doing some stuff with the sports grid, right? I'm working Mm -hmm. in-game live, and – you know, Gabe and Cam, two of my absolute favorites in the world. And I always, I, I you know, they they know so much. There's so many guys here on the network that, that teach me. And I remember playing a little same-game teaser, right? And so that's where, you know, because that's what you do with the primetime games all the time, right? right, right. The over, the under, you take your points, whatever you might want to do. And I'll never forget it because it cracks me up to this day. Gabe told me, he goes, I'll never do a same-game teaser. He goes, He goes. I remember, never do it. He goes, you get no value. It's a terrible idea. You're giving yourself limited options. You want to have a bunch of games on the board. Don't tease these primetime games. I don't think I've ever seen game pass up on a single game teaser. Every primetime game. But that's why it's my favorite piece of advice of all time. Because it is, right, right, right. I've never seen someone not follow their advice immediately, which then gave sure. me the freedom to not follow the advice. So when do I tease oh. totals? Yeah, when I'm doing a same-game teaser. And the advice was probably good from Gabe, but since he doesn't follow it, I know I certainly don't follow it.
1: Fair enough. And as we wait for our guy, Cam Stewart, who I know would be able to add to this conversation, I have another question for you as it relates to teasing. And we're going to bring in Cam to be able to answer this question as well. Kev, we talk about how in the NFL – how the markets get so damn sharp, right? Like, especially as time goes along, right? You know, there ain't going to be any more home dogs at this stage of the season. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> does that mean, and I'll bring in Cam on this one too. Good morning, Cam. How you doing? The raging redhead of Sports Grid. Um, Does that mean, and I think Cam is going to say yes, but does that mean that teasers are even more viable because the lines are so sharp? if you give me six yes. points either way, like if I trust the books, right, like this damn Alabama total yesterday, right? Like yes. it was within like three points of the damn number, right? So if the market is so sharp, does that mean if you're going to give me six points, I know I'm going to win because what's going to wind up happening? Exactly what the books said. Cam, good morning, my friend. Welcome in here to the early line. What do you think about that? <laughs> Leveraging the tease because the books are so damn sharp at this point in the season.
3: No, teasers are great. We and I, I was listening to you guys talk about it. The Seattle and Pittsburgh are the only ones that don't win as the season progresses. More, uh, what do we call? Sally House Code? is that what Gabe calls them? The public, right. whatever you want to be, people who don't bet every day like we do on Sports Grid get involved. You know, with the and, and that's the thing, right? I don't really listen to the public and square thing, but I will tell you this: as a sport becomes more popular and more people play it, that's when I would look for teasers more. Example. Right. Look at college basketball and NCAA March Madness. You look at the lines and they're sharp as hell because this is what they wait for. It's not just, you know, Iona versus Manhattan this game. They have the the supercomputers. (laughs) They have the monies. They have every single person, human being bets with machine together and coming up with numbers. And if you look, they're very, very sharp. Like you see a lot of the time, last possessions, people standing up like, we used to go mm-hmm. to Jersey and you know Vegas all the time for these games. How the heck do these books get it within one possession for these first half bets all the time? Amazing. Numbers are sharp. And you guys know, the more people are betting on this stuff now, everybody's involved. I agree. People used to laugh at teaser bettors. Don't. Because, you know, if you're betting yeah. them, you're winning. And I, I like some uh, extra points sometimes, too. It's a nice comfort comfort thing.
2: Cam, quickly, because we don't have enough time for another question, we'll talk more on the other side, Mm -hmm. but let me ask you, you've probably done every single primetime game this year with Gabe. Did he pass on a (laughs) same-game teaser (laughs) once in primetime?
3: You know what the best thing about me and Marenzi, especially him, we'll give you great advice and we never listen to it. Like, we'll tell you, like, like there's been times we've been future. I go, Gabe, are we going to cash on, like, the CFL Grey Cup champion? No, no, sorry, forgot to bet it. You're people on the other off the scent, right? That's right. Like, like, we don't heavy, know about heavyweights. Yeah. Say like, they're
1: going to bet one thing role? just to move the number so that they can get it on the other <laughs> side. So I am talking you know, about what, that. What, what, what is a bankroll? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't
1: know. Why was you talking about that when it was like 13 Buckeyes out being like, let's report this, but then bet against them. More with Cam Stewart when we come back. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, and we bring in our guy Cam Stewart now to join the fun here on SiriusXM Channel 204. Long time no talk, Cam. How you feeling? Are you excited? <laughs> I mean, like the PGA Tour is back on and popping, you know, Trump won't get it at his course, but I digress. (laughs) You know, talk to me about this, Cam. We're still in Hawaii for the Sony Open. I'm over here in New York in the doldrums of winter. I call this, Cam, weather porn because when I got snow out there outside my window, I turn on the TV and I see a beautiful course layout and the beautiful trees and lush greenery of Hawaii. And it makes me jealous that these players get to go there. What's going to happen there this week? What's going on, Cam?
3: Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, I, you know, I do that late night show, the recap show with George Kurtz. I go, hey, golf, can you start two hours earlier so I can hedge my bets there? <laughs> like when the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game starting? I'm like, don't these guys want to watch some football? But it drove me nuts last week. We had Harris English, and I heard uh, Rick talk about it. Yeah. I had a little piece, but uh, Joaquin Neiman, who lost in the playoff, was one of my bigger bets, guys. So it could have been a great start to the golf campaign. It was okay. You're right, Dane. Walleye, it's a beautiful course. This is the first full-field event. 144 players this week. Very different than the Tournament of Champions last week with only 30-plus players, only the winners. This is a full-field event. Also, a Country Club is very flat, not like the mountainous mm. hills. It's a d- totally different part of Hawaii, and it's a totally different course. Also, very short, one of the shortest courses you will play, barely over 7,000 yards. For PGA, that is short. What does that mean? Uh, guys, with attention to detail, ball strikers— The Webb Simpsons of the world. The Kevin Kisners of the world. Guys who don't need to hit it 300 off the tee. Morikawa has a complete game like that. So these are guys that you look at. They don't need to hit it 350 like Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau. They get it around. You look for iron play and putting is going to be important. But guys who can get... That's the thing. Tita to green is really important here this week, and a lot of guys can win. So you can look at a guy who's a small ball hitter who's accurate, or big ball hitters, just who's ever great with the irons this week should win. The course is only defense, wind. And I also look for wind players this week.
2: You know, Ken, this is a nice reset for us because I feel like the last time we were talking golf, the top of the board, five to one, Dustin Johnson, seven to one, Bryson (laughs) DeChambeau, you know, the chalk here starts 13 to one. So I'm excited to see how you build out this six pack. Who are we looking at here uh, for the sunny open?
3: Yeah, I'm going to start things off, and I do like Morikawa guys a lot. He also has, it's a home game for him. He's got family in Hawaii. His girlfriend, who's Mm. also part of his teacher, he's on the bag. Like, just a little inside uh, information, he's got family there, and that helps. But Sunjay M is a guy who is really playing well all over the world, and he's 18 to 1, Kev. So out of those guys, I'm going to start those, uh, like, that's a great odd. I can't believe, I would have probably put him around 14 or 15. He almost won last week, and he's always, like, top 5 or 10. And then next, I'm going back Mm. to a guy that lost in a playoff, Joaquin Neiman. Um, He's one of the best players. He's from Chile. He's great. He can play on any type of golf. He can hit it. And the best thing about him is he can play a long course and a short course. I'm not saying he's generally long, but his iron play and putting, he is consistently strong. Same type of game as Morikawa. You put him anywhere, he'll do well. 22 to 1. Now we're looking at Abraham Dane has questions. I got answers. Abraham answer yeah. at thirty to one. Mm. Watch out for this guy. He might have the answer. He played, and also I like to take guys who played well on the weekend and a little bit of momentum rolling into this week. He didn't start last week well in the Tournament of Champions, and he still finished well. He's thirty to one. Kevin Kisner, I saw he was 30 to 1. The next time I checked, Fandel, he's 28 to 1. That's a good bet by people. Some golf sharps are on him. I like him as well. If you're looking for a guy, might as well face it. You're addicted to golf. Ryan Palmer at 32 to 1. <laughs> and uh, one bomb out there. We got my boy Leishman, Mark Leishman, the Australia win player at 45 to 1. That is the six pack. So, guys, I'm kind of going mid range this week. I a see. little bit of chalk with yeah. him at the top and some mid to high tier guys this week we'll see and let's remember I'm taking a lot of guys who also played last week they've already gotten into the groove too so right. you know they shake off a little bit of rust.
2: Did I get, Cam I just want to follow up something quickly when is the time that you then try and jump on Morikawa because if the number isn't mm-hmm. enough juice there for you to get in pre-tournament wh- maybe you, will you just miss the boat when is the timing for live betting on him?
3: Usually the best way to do it, guys, is right on the cut line. Golf a four-round tournament. Say cow is five or six back heading into the weekend. You get them at 18 to 20 instead of 13 or something like mm-hmm. that. The books are also pretty sharp. They used to give better numbers, but they know a lot of people are playing it this way now. But, Kev, that's the okay. thing. I Usually on a weekend, the way I look for it is I like to have a number in my head. What is What can a guy come back from in two days of golf, and how many people can he climb? The usual number for me in a regular tournament is eight strokes. And in a major, up to 12, depending on crazy wins, because some guys can go low and some guys can blow up. You can make up, you know, four or five, six shots in a round of golf if you go bananas. So those are numbers that I like to look at. But if you're going to take chalk, look at guys. Usually, you don't want to do it the final day because you're not going to get the number. The day before, you could probably get better. And if you're feeling really good, gotcha. sometimes do the eye test, too. I watch guys on TV and go make little notes i like the way he played that shot he looks like Mm. you know he's missed a lot of short putts that could change on the weekend little mental notes that you have and then you can come back to these guys over the weekend but if you're going to play chalk you got to play it on friday you got to play it before guys or else you're not going to get the the truest uh, part of the number and i don't mind taking a guy who's eight shots back ten shots back because you can make that up in two rounds of golf
1: you know cam it's really interesting when you talk about being able to kind of like scout them in the event right Mm -hmm. Uh, and see how their game looks are they hitting putts you know what elements of their game what clubs they look like in their bag are working this week and how to apply that for potentially saturday and sunday i love that but cam i do have more questions and so i hope you have abraham answers Answers. about the nhl (laughs) because hockey gets going today and i'd be remiss we can't have you on the show and not talk to you about the nhl but i do want to start (laughs) here and cam this is kind of a big picture question right because listen we all know what happened in the bubble we all know that like every other sport hockey is trying to organize and one of the things they did that i'm incredibly intrigued by is the way they organized the divisions right yes. similar to like major league baseball they had to play like in their mm-hmm. geographic zone and we thought that maybe that there was some uh you know value there because of the reorganized schedules right remember us talking like the nl central and the al central they were going to yep. beat each other up and and that maybe did prove to be the case because the central teams that made the playoffs didn't do much up against the East and the West. How have they organized the divisions in the NHL? I know there's like a whole Canadian division because they can't travel. How have they done that? Do you like it? And is there any value? Like are any teams now have a much easier or harder schedule because of the teams they're going to have to face in these rotations?
3: Yeah, it's a really good question, and I love the way they're doing it. I think hockey, actually, out of all the sport, having, like, the North Division, a lot of these Canadian teams hate each other too, so I'm going to actually say this, guys. I think it's an advantage to everybody else but the Canadian division because they're going to use a lot of energy, I think, probably beating the crap out of each other. And every game almost feels like a playoff game when like Edmonton and Calgary get together, regional rivalries, the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto, a lot of hate there. Like, you know what I mean? Ottawa can get involved. That's the thing. It's very regional. So those teams, there's a lot of rivalries already. And now you see players that you hate day in and day out. I think it's going to be Mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, I love the way it's done, though. I like the divisions. I hope they stick with this, but they won't. You know, I think actually hockey, <laughs> this is the best idea for them. So what do we do now? You've either got to bet Stanley Cup futures and you bet divisions. So I'm looking at teams... Uh, in divisions. And I really, I will say this guys, and Kev, your your dad's going to love this one on FanDuel. Mm, if you're going to make yes. some future bets, the Philadelphia Flyers to me at 17 to one is a ridiculous, uh, is a great price on FanDuel. I've been shopping around. I see 13s and 14s out there, 17 to one. The Flyers have Carter Hart and a great young team. They also have, you know, players coming back from injuries. One player coming back from cancer. Like they have a lot of things that went well in the bubble and they can finish it off. Also, I hate to say it, one team that will do very, very well this year, you're not going to get tons of value, but the Colorado Avalanche are probably my pick to win the Cup. Um, they had a four-string goalie, basically a goalie who was cut from Toronto and in, in Hutchison playing for them, and they still almost beat Dallas, a team that went to the Stanley Cup final. So Colorado, I like futures on them. I like futures on the Phila- Philadelphia Flyers. And if you're looking for a team... That is a good divisional play at close to 5-1. to one. I think it's plus 480 on FanDuel right now. The Carolina Hurricanes offer a lot of value. Very quick team, very fast. I think they'll do well in this too. Um, so Colorado to win the West at plus 140. Some people like Vegas, I don't. St. Louis, um, they're still a few players away. So Colorado at plus 140, it's not huge, but they should take care of the West and watch out for Carolina. And Mr. Walsh's Philadelphia Flyers, to me, <laughs> look like the best mm. future on the board at 17-1, The fellas. And Dane, you'll be happy yeah. for all the people of New York. Watch out for the New York yeah. Rangers. All the New York teams really? are going to be fantastic this year. The Devils will be hmm. better. I think uh, the Rangers are very close to being a cup contender. Give them a couple years and they'll be there. Great wow. goaltending, and, and their young players are going to gel. Watch out for these teams. I think people in the New York area are going to be happy with the quality of play.
2: I'll tell you what, my dad will be very happy because I told him that you were coming on this morning to talk hockey. And he goes, make sure you ask him about the Flyers. He literally said, make sure you ask him so. Job done. I'll be able to report back. I am curious, Cam, if you have any early season approaches, kind of like a general approach to hockey that you're going to go. Because the one thing that I've been seeing with the NBA, and I know – hockey and basketball it's different but they they sync up timeline wise and the way the leagues mm-hmm. are kind of running the bubble then out of the bubble is similar and in the NBA cam we've been talking about these blowouts I mean these teams are getting cracked they are down big and they tap and they lose even bigger like to me laying those plus number on the puck lines could be interesting what do you think about that and any other early season approaches that you're going to be playing in the NHL
3: yeah, it's been wild watching the NBA, guys. Like, Take a look at the teams. Brooklyn without their stars, you know what I mean? And, and they came back and yeah. beat Denver again. All these teams, me, you, and Dane, and Morensi could have played for the Miami Heat with how many players they have, and they're covering numbers against the Sixers. <laughs> it's a crazy time. <laughs> so you know what I'm looking at? Yeah. Teams that didn't really do well or teams that are hungry, like uh, Ottawa Senators, a good young team that gets no respect from the book. The Buffalo Sabres, teams that, you know what I mean, have had a history of not doing well come out and you get extravagant numbers. I think some of those teams that played in the bubble might have some rust. So take some teams that, you know, you might not be as high on later on in the season, but they need to come out and start well. Ottawa has a great young team. They're going to be like in two or three years Stanley Cup contenders. Nobody knows these players, but they're all stars in junior. That's the thing about it. And Montreal, the Canadians, like, I hate to say it, the Leafs, people are, oh, the Leafs, the Bruins. Like, those are teams, like, you okay, but you have to pay a premium for them. Watch out for the Montreals of the world, the Ottawa's of the world. Teams that are not popular with the book either, I think, are very important to take. Mm. And uh, I'd I'd watch Dallas. Dallas had some COVID issues at the start of the year, guys. I don't know if it's going to happen. Let's see if the NHL is different. Do we fade these teams? Because I'll tell you, all these COVID teams except Mm. for Ohio State and college football Mm -hmm. have done pretty, pretty well. So we'll (laughs) see how uh, if the narratives work or not, fellas. But I'll say, watch out for those teams that were at the bottom feeder the ottawas jump on them early and to start the season
1: hey cam we got about a minute left but i want to ask you a similar rela- uh, question as it relates to scoring like offense defense totals in the nhl mm-hmm. do you think defense is ahead of offense in this context or vice versa right especially when we're out early in the gate we've been learning things early season baseball football basketball what do you expect to see early in the nhl season vis-a-vis totals and scoring real quick
3: My guess guess would be more scoring. Players a little bit slow. If the refs are going to call it tight, there's going to be special teams, especially teams like Edmonton and Vancouver have great power play. So, guys, I know those numbers are going to be big on FanDuel, the sixes instead of the five-and-a-halves, but I'm going to take some overs early, and then we'll adjust accordingly. But I think we're going to have a lot of penalties, and penalties equal scoring. So I'm going to lean overs early, Mm. and we'll track this and see how things go, guys.
1: All right, that that. is very, very interesting. going overs early, and we'll see how it goes. We'll have you on week in, week out to kind of track this, whether it's golf and or hockey. Cam, can you do me a favor and hang with us for like one minute on the other side? I got to get your perspective on something Kevin and I were talking about a little bit later, earlier on. And by the way, Kevin is all about it, so you're going to be talking to him about this for a while. We'll get your take when we come back right here to close off another edition. Going on everybody welcome back here to sports grid giving you the winning edge dane martinez and kevin waltz and as we wrap up this episode and tie a nice neat little bow we still have cam and i wanted to ask him what we asked kevin at the end of last hour cam we we saw again alabama number one recruiting class ohio state number two recruiting class the rich get richer right but i want to ask you something because like You know, these guys have to wait their turn. Sometimes they don't play until they're juniors or seniors. Do you really want to get recruited there and go to a place where you don't have an opportunity to impress, say, the NFL? But really, the question for you is this, Ken. If you were the number one in the nation at high school, let's say, right, top punter in the country in high school, yes, would you want to go to Alabama? They'll play 12 games. You'll get like eight punts. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like if Nick Saban came into your room and is like, you're the man, we want you on the tide, do you want to even go there? Would you want to go to like my alma mater, Syracuse, where you're in a dome, or out in Colorado in the thin air where it goes further? Like if, do you think the five-star punter
3: wants to go to Alabama? I wouldn't. No, no. You look for teams like uh, <laughs> I go, you know what? If the Rice Owls, who are giving me a yeah. call? Like, hey, these guys punt a lot. Yes. Why yes! I go to rice? And you know, the best thing is, in, yes! you're still watching my games on television. All the games are on. UAB's on, Rice is on, Southern yeah. Miss is on. I really don't care. That's the thing. You want to be a CUSA punter? My buddy, actually, back in the day, he went, they recruited. He went to Louisville and punted. Like, a lot yes! of, you notice a lot of Canadian yes! kickers around there, like Mike Vanderjat and all these guys. Like, you don't want to go to schools. But, like, you're right. Why not Syracuse, Dane? Why not? I don't want to indoors, go to Paris. Right. Punt. They never punch. exactly. <laughs> we were thinking about this, and now Kevin is literally on, like,
1: puntrecruit.com trying to find yes. the five-star punters com. and where they're going. Nate going to LSU. do you, LSU. Cam, do you agree? Position. Do you agree with uh, Cam yes. as we end this episode, right? Listen, like, I am trying to go to here's the best how offense we know of all
2: time. I've been researching <laughs> this throughout the show. We clearly have an answer. Two of the top five punters are going to South Carolina. These kids would rather sit behind one another than waste their time at Bama and never punting
1: absolutely and as i say we put the fun in functional sports content and we'll do it all day long the morning after with jared and ariel is up next have a great day everybody